In Flagrante Delicto A Good Omens Potfic Written by Mazarin221b And read by Literarian Chapter 5 Crowley polishes the shining blade of his favorite knife and places it back in the bedside drawer, ever so slightly miffed. He wasn't joking. He'd have discorporated Michael without pause if Aziraphale hadn't been there to stop him. The obnoxious twit, showing up right in his bedroom, watching them of all things. Well, they all deserved it, whatever they saw. The whole week has been so frustrating, nothing but constant interruptions, demons and angels alike popping up at the most inconvenient times imaginable. All Crowley wants is to go back to their cocoon of earthly bliss, when he could nail Aziraphale through the mattress without so much as a noise complaint from the neighbors. I am sorry, my dear, Aziraphale says, leaning in the doorway. But I couldn't let you do it. Michael has more back channels and spies than you know, and she'd have absolutely set them on us, just to be annoying. Crowley sighs. Oh, I know, but... He trails off, just as he looks up and realizes that Aziraphale isn't wearing his usual clothes. Not even his robe but something even more alluring, something Crowley hadn't seen in over a thousand years. Been a while since Kitans were in style, eh? He asks, then steps fully inside the room and does a little spin. The chitin itself is ivory linen, the edges embroidered in gold and silver, and the strong, Gorgeous legs Aziraphale was blessed with are set off perfectly by the skirt, which lifts ever so slightly as he turns. Crowley's mouth goes dry, because now he can see the bare, rounded ass cheeks underneath. Wow, Sparta really had the right idea when it came to clothing. What's... Crowley croaks, then clears his throat and tries again. Ahem, <clears throat> what's the occasion? Well, Aziraphale starts, then slinks across the room and kneels on the bed next to Crowley. I thought perhaps we could indulge a bit, like the old days. Relax in the bath. You've got that absolutely enormous tub, and such a shame it's hardly ever used. Crowley slides a hand up Aziraphale's thigh, under his chitin. The muscle is tight, and his skin is warm, and Crowley wants nothing more than to flip that skirt up and have him right here. 
But Aziraphale is right. They've been on edge now for a week, constant interruptions leaving them both a bit tetchy. So Crowley allows Aziraphale to take his hand and lead him to the bathroom. When he opens the door, though, it's a place transformed. Aziraphale has to have miracled most of this. The large, rectangular marble tub was most certainly his, but the stylized bronze spout pouring steaming water from the wall into a fragrant bath most certainly was not. Nor were the hibiscus and fig trees and planters all around the room and the bronze lanterns glowing with low, flickering light. Crowley blinks. Is it too much? Aziraphale asks, fussing with a tray filled with cheeses and fruits and nuts and a jug of wine. I just thought, well, I thought we could use a few moments to simply be. Crowley snaps his fingers and they're both naked. I couldn't have set up a better temptation myself, Angel, Crowley says, then proceeds to offer Aziraphale a hand over the side and into the tub, before he slips in to settle behind him. The water is just on the edge of being too hot, the smell of orange oil overwhelming his senses, and he sighs, content, Aziraphale leaning against his chest and idly playing with Crowley's fingers where they're splayed over his knee. This is what existence should be, truly. The warmth and affection of someone who loves you, regardless of who they are or what side they started on. Aziraphale lifts a slice of pineapple to Crowley's lips and he takes it, savouring the sweetness, before then capturing Aziraphale's wrist and licking the juice from his fingers. Aziraphale gives him one of his happy little sighs. <sighs> now let's relax, have a nice glass of wine and think of Rome. Shall we? Remember when the goats got loose in Titus Andronicus' garden? I always thought that must have been you. Crowley protests. No, I might have mentioned once that it would be funny, Angel, but I certainly never expected anyone. And it goes on like this. Memories and experiences shared and exchanged, Crowley learning more about Aziraphale's time in Rome that he'd never known before. About his work with the Colosseum and the gladiators there, about how he'd spent a month disguised as a guard, trying to procure pardons or other releases for those brought to fight in the arena. Crowley himself had spent much of Rome in wanton hedonism. He didn't care much for the games, 
stupid waste of people in his opinion, and no one got to score any points for heaven or hell with them. So, as far as he was concerned, he'd ignored them entirely, letting whatever happened happen. Not so Aziraphale, who doesn't, even now, seem at all disappointed at whatever role Crowley played in Rome, no matter how terrible it might have been. Crowley looks fondly at Aziraphale's golden curls, dark-tipped with water and smelling like sunlight. His very own angel, loving him for all his faults, or perhaps in spite of them, never seems to hold his past deeds against him. There's a pause in the conversation, and it all grows quiet the water splashing down into the tub, a soothing backdrop of sound. Crowley closes his eyes. I have never loved anything or anyone like this, Aziraphale, he says quietly. He keeps his eyes closed as he says it, heart too full and ready to burst, and the reality of this, the quiet moment Aziraphale has stolen for the two of them, makes him ache with its perfection. Aziraphale's fingers slip between Crowley's and squeeze hard, and Crowley swears he can hear a delicate sniff. And I love you, my Crowley, Aziraphale says, then turns in his arms to kiss him, simple and slow, their mouths soft and sweet and gentle. Crowley wasn't made for this, wasn't made for the amount of love that's radiating from Aziraphale's being. It's almost painful, that love, but he's ready to accept it, accept all of it. I want to ravish you, my angel, Crowley whispers against his lips. Take you to bed and simply devour you. Aziraphale blushes, but then he shifts to climb out of the water, holding a hand out to Crowley in invitation. Crowley takes his hand and steps out, and Aziraphale quickly dries them both with large, fluffy towels. Crowley savors the feeling of being pampered, then follows as Aziraphale leads him back into the bedroom. He watches avidly as Aziraphale climbs onto the bed and lies back on the pillows, an open invitation to debauchery if he's ever seen one. Crowley licks his lips and can't decide where he wants to start. The rosy apple of his cheek, the flushed pink nipples, the soft little dimple over his hips, or his cock, already hard and leaking. Oh, for 
Stop staring so, Aziraphale complains. I really do wonder sometimes if he would devour me if I allowed it. Crowley positively slithers onto the bed and between Aziraphale's thighs. Only one way to find out, he growls, before he places a deep, sucking kiss on Aziraphale's inner thigh. Aziraphale arches and gasps, and Crowley does it again to the other leg, and it leaves Aziraphale trembling. Oh, he says faintly. But I was only joking. Crowley noses upward and licks at Aziraphale's balls, taking one into his mouth and laving it with his tongue. My, but these heavenly bodies did come well-equipped, didn't they? Delightful. I wasn't, Crowley replies. Turn over on your knees and spread your legs for me, angel. The sight of it, of Aziraphale being so beautifully trusting like this, leaves Crowley dizzy. He's definitely got to make this kind of thing worth his while, so Crowley leans in and lets his breath ghost hot and wet over Aziraphale's perineum, then his hole, and watches it flex in surprise. Aziraphale groans. This is new, he breathes. I've had offers before, of course, but never let anyone... Oh... Crowley licks him from his balls to his tailbone, Aziraphale's entire body twitching with one surprised jerk as he does. So Crowley does it again and again until Aziraphale is trembling beneath him. Then he starts in earnest, pressing his tongue against the pink sweetness of his hole and feeling it relax under his ministrations. Crowley, Aziraphale whines. Stop teasing. I need you so badly, my love. Please. Crowley could very easily kneel up and push straight in, fuck Aziraphale until he's spent and senseless, but he's perfectly happy where he is right now, so he simply keeps licking him, adds his hand to the proceedings and tries to jerk him off at the same time. It's Beautiful, the noises he makes, the little gasps and whines and exclamations, and Crowley is nothing, if not greedy. I want you to come on my lips, Angel, he says. Then I'm going to fuck you, show you just how much you mean to me, how much I need you. 
he dives back in and Aziraphale's little noises turn into desperate whines. We were told we'd find you in here, a frighteningly familiar voice says, and Crowley groans right there against Aziraphale's arse crack. That seems... that's not quite what those pods are for, though, is it? says another and Aziraphale flips over as fast as he can and whips the sheet up over himself. Crowley refuses to be subdued, simply scoots back on the pillow and drags the back of his hand over his mouth. Lord Beelzebub, Gabriel, thought we told you all to bugger off. Beelzebub sneers, the fly on their head looking almost as pissed off as Crowley feels. I can't say I'm surprised, Crowley. You always were a pain in our collective asses, never doing things the way they ought to be done. Please, Beelzebub, allow me. Gabriel interjects, hands raised in what Crowley assumes to be an attempt to be placating. Hello, sorry to interrupt, as it were, but well, sometimes you just have to. You two are the only ones placed to deal with this Iran then, so if you could just see a way to helping us out here, you'd have our eternal thanks. Gabriel smiles in that fake way he has, where he shows too many teeth and every word that comes out of his mouth is so insincere as to be flat-out lies. Rather despicable for an angel. And to top it all off, he tried to murder Aziraphale. Crowley hates him, the kind of hatred fueled by the fires of hell itself. Well, Aziraphale says, and Crowley whips his head around at the note of impish consideration in his voice, a sign that means he's already figured out something really good. You both offered 500 years, so let us say 1,000 years of complete and total silence from either of you. Oh, he was right. Aziraphale was so good at this. Must be all these centuries of Crowley's own influence. Yeah, what he said, Crowley adds, then allows himself a yawn and a stretch, just to piss them off. Gabriel rolls his eyes. Aziraphale smiles indulgently at him and pats his knee. Gabriel and Beelzebub look at each other, considering having a silent sort of conversation that Crowley can't read. For two bloodthirsty adversaries, they certainly communicate well. Very well, Beelzebub says. We will no longer interfere in your affairs for one thousand years. Now, 
Are you going to America or what? Crowley looks at Hazerafal, locking eyes with him, and they both say yes, yes simultaneously. Gabriel heaves a gusty sigh. Oh, well, that's a relief. Can't imagine what I was going to tell the Almighty otherwise. We assume you'll wish to establish your cover story. We will provide your fly details, Aziraphale. Only if Crowley comes with me, Aziraphale says quickly. He always has disliked aeroplanes. If he were going to fly, he always told Crowley he'd much rather do it himself. Why they won't just let him miracle himself to America is completely beyond his understanding. Of course, Angel, I know how much you hate flying by yourself, Crowley says, then nuzzles into his neck. You brilliant little negotiator. Aze Raphael giggles, and Crowley relishes the gagging sound he can hear from Beelzebub in the corner. Fine, then we'll make the arrangements, they say, then sigh. Oh, I can't believe that the agents of below are having to coordinate this closely, but that's the modern way, isn't it? Gabriel shrugs, as if to say, yeah, what can you do? And the two of them simply vanish into thin air. There's a strange, dense smell in the air, part fire and brimstone, part something else. Not quite flowers, but something as sweet. It's an odd combination, honestly. Crowley gets up and throws open his bedroom windows to let the room air out. The sounds of the London traffic outside drift up, reminding him that, yes, they really are still of the human world and are likely to be so for at least another millennium. The evening light is very fetching on you, my dear. Aziraphale calls from the bed, a sweet, inviting smile on his face. Why don't you come back and let me show you how very much I enjoy it? Crowley looks at Aziraphale, at his pale golden splendor wrapped up in Crowley's dark sheets, and decides that a thousand years of this will never ever be enough. But now's as good a time as any to try that theory out.